Hey guys, I'm Pastor Jason Shirley. I'm the associate pastor right here at Word of Life Church in Carlsbad, New Mexico. And I'm really excited that you have joined us today online. Just a couple of things. I want you to drop us a line if you're watching wherever in the world and let us know where you're watching from. We would love to hear from you. Second, if you want to partner with us today in a financial way, then you can give by texting 84321 and just text your amount, or you can go to our website, wolcarlsbad.com, and you can click the Give tab and give that way. The last thing today is that if you have any needs or anything like that that we can partner with you on, then drop us a line and send us that, and we're going to partner with you in prayer. I believe today is going to be a wonderful day. I want you to open up your heart to receive from the Word of God today and always remember that God is madly in love with you. Let's get to the service. Well, happy Father's Day to everyone. And uh, I'm not going to attempt to do announcements this morning. I'll let Pastor Jason do those at the end. And... uh, because if I do it, I'll have to ask him what I'm supposed to say, and he'll have to say it from back there, and then I'll say it from up here, and then, you know, so. What's the point? We'll just let him do it later. Praise God. So, anyway, uh, you know, I am, I, I just want to give just a, a very brief tribute to my earthly father this morning, and uh, uh He's been in heaven for, uh, goodness, 40, well, I can't even do the math this morning, but anyway, a long time, since 1976, praise God. And, uh, you know, I still miss him, and, you know, I can relate to those of you who say, well, I miss, miss my dad and, and all, but, uh, you know, I want to say that my dad was a, uh, was a man of God that, taught me that uh, if we see it in the Bible, then that's what we believe. And, uh, you know, uh, there are some things that that I know today that I've uh, drawn from the Word of God and and learned from the Word of God that that my dad didn't know. Um, You know, he he didn't know it all. But he did know this. God's word is truth, and if you see it in the Bible, you believe it. Praise God, and he instilled that into me, and that is the thing that brought me to the point where I am today, is uh, um, because not everything that I preach to you, not everything is, is stuff that he taught me, but he taught me the basic there, that we believe the Bible. Praise God. We believe God's word, and uh, so... Anyway, uh, uh, I just want to take a moment and honor my my earthly father. And uh, there have been other individuals, other men that have that have stepped up since uh, my dad has been gone to heaven, and that have been like uh, uh, like fathers to me over the years, and and in in one way or another. And, uh, you know, so I just honor a, a, a lot of fathers today and, and all the fathers that are sitting in this room. And if your father is, is still on this earth, be sure to give him a call today. Praise God. You know, I wish I could do that, 
But, uh, you know, if, you're, if your father is still on this earth today, be sure and, and uh, give him a call. Tell him Happy Father's Day. And uh, are you headed up here to? Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> okay. Um, well, anyway, you know, I am, uh, I am very happy today. And uh, James didn't know I was going to do this. Hannah didn't know I was going to do this. I didn't know they were going to be here. So, so we're, we're all three. We're, we're a little bit in the dark this morning. When I saw him come in this morning, I just wanted to, um, you guys come up here for a minute. And uh, uh, let's go ahead and come up, up here. And, I, you know, I want you to know that uh, I'm popping buttons on my shirt because I'm so proud of these guys. And, uh, and, and uh, you know, as if, as, as if they were my own children. And, uh, you know, I'm so proud of what they have done. And uh, I'm, gonna, I'm actually going to forfeit just a couple minutes of my time to let you tell about your Philippine trip. Because I ask you guys to to sow into their ministry in the Philippines, and they went and did a youth camp in the month of April, and uh, this is actually the first time I've seen them since that happened, and uh, so I'm going to give them a microphone and let them just give a report about their trip. Thank you, Pastor. Good morning, everybody. Um, I just want to say is. The trip was amazing. Uh, I know that you guys weren't able to go, but man, towards the end of like where you're kind of just hoping God's going to pull through, y'all pulled through. I'll tell you that. Whether it was financially or prayer or whatever it was, like I felt like Word of Life went to the Philippines. Like regardless whether how many of us went, y'all went with us. And the one thing that impacted us was as soon as we got there, you could feel God's presence. Like seriously, like every single moment. Every single time we got in the car, somehow, I always call them Jesus talks. <laughs> it's when you talk for a very long time, and then you're sitting there going, whoa, how did this happen? But we're sitting there in the car, and we're relating with Pastor Ray the whole entire trip, and every single place that we went, it just felt like God had an appointment to meet. And at the youth camp, there's, I'll, I'll tell you this real quick, but at the youth camp, there was only supposed to be 100 students. <laughs> And we found out that within five days of youth camp, it turned to like 130. Well, the place can only hold 120. But that day that we got there, it turns out that 185 people showed up. <laughs> and because of your generosity and your prayers, a lot of those kids who weren't able to have the funds to go they were able to pay for that. And so that's what was amazing was sitting back and some of these kids were laying like on, on the floor, laying on like on a bench just to get there. And the biggest moment that we saw was we went there to serve, but they were serving us and it was just going crazy. We were talking with the leaders and we actually got to spend time with them. And you know, for one of the, the thing was is we actually got to spend time with the, the youth leaders. And the youth leaders were like, hey, you wanna know something? Like, I know that you guys send a lot of people and that's great but a lot of times they spend more time with the pastors and we never get to really spend time with you guys and you guys are building us up because we actually get to build the kids up and it's just becoming a big old, a big old fire thing for God. And as we were there that night on one of the last nights, 
I saw them play a YouTube video, and within five minutes, all the kids were slain in the spirit completely on the floor, face down, and they got up and said, you know what, I'm never giving up. I'm, tr I'm, I'm going after a God who believes in what, who believes in me, who believes in other people, and believes in having a heart for people. And for me, that's something I needed. I know that's something that Hannah needed. Because um, when you have a plan, and it doesn't go that way that you want it to, God will step in and show you in a place where the plan was supposed to go to. And it's going to be better than you ever imagined. And so, but that's just my, what I got out of it. The trip was amazing. We were able to go to the island of Marin which we were able to see some kids that when me and Chris Reese went over there, we taught them how to do instruments and stuff like that. I didn't teach them how to do instruments. I just sat back and watched them, but <laughs> <laughs> you can do it. <laughs> but amazing thing was is most of those kids that got taught an instrument now know how to play all the instruments, and they get up and do it whether they're there or not. So they go up and make it happen, and they go up and preach and do whatever needs to be happen for God to be spoken to. And so it's amazing for us to be able to go out there, experience that, and show you guys that God's happening in the Philippines, God's happening everywhere. And just because you gave, just because you prayed, it's going to happen. No matter what God has to do, it's going to happen. Um, just trying to hold it together. Um, I would say that one thing that... A big, I got a lot out of it, but one huge thing was just seeing how quick they were to just worship anywhere they were. Um, you know, they didn't need extra, like, great, excellent music or, you know, smoke machines or lighting. Like, it was just anywhere, anytime, you know, we'd be out on a bike headed toward the island or to a different city or town. And they would just, just pray anytime. Like, they, they didn't have any hesitation. There was nothing that was stopping them. Basically, there's no obstacle that can uh, keep them from having a meeting with God. And that just stood out to me. Because I feel like we, it's so easy for us to get distracted by things and allow those distractions from um, really getting in the presence of God and acknowledging that he's there and to heal someone. Like, you know, Blaine's story was a, was a good example of that, you know, it's just instead of being distracted and thinking someone else will do it, like, they are, they are just some of the nicest people you'll ever meet, they eat a lot, <laughs> oh man, <laughs> at one time we were, uh, <laughs> it was like 8 o'clock at night, and uh, we, they eat a lot for dinner, and so we ate everything, and then like two hours later, it's like 10 o'clock, we're, we're tired as heck. We're like, we're going to go upstairs and go to bed. They're like, oh, no, we got dinner downstairs. And we're like, ah, that's so funny. Like, we thought they were joking. But, no, we went downstairs, and there was more, like, dinner number two. They're like, oh, that was your snack earlier. We're like, snack? Are you kidding? Like, they eat a lot. So, I mean, we were okay with that, though. So, the food's delicious. The people are amazing. I'm serious. If you, if there's another opportunity to go, you need to go. It's worth it. So. And I'll say something real quick. Like, just Hannah said. If you guys have never been, like, on a mission trip, whether it's in-country or out-of-country, you need to go. Um, the only reason why is you always want to see where your money and your prayers are going to. Um, it's one thing to be able to send someone, but it's another thing to go and actually see what you're doing. Like, it really is. Um, a lot of people think, you know, just because we take these pictures, that's what's happening. And that's great. That's what's happening in that moment. But when you go, you experience a whole bunch of stuff that you can't take the pictures in those moments. You can't. You have to have that moment in your life to go and do that. And... For me, that's something that changed my life, and I encourage you, if you have the opportunity to go, go. Because I told Pastor Ray, next time I'm coming, I'm bringing a group. 
So if you want to go, we're going. Um, no matter where it's going or where we're, what we're doing, we're going to be showing God regardless. And if you guys go out today, whether it's Father's Day or, you know, tomorrow you go to work, take that mission step. Take that opportunity because every time you take a step, that's your mission field. Amen? Thank you. Amen. We've got some bridge class kids that are uh, ready to be dismissed. Well, as you can see from the stage, um, I am Dan the Tool Man. <laughs> uh, but. Uh, you know, I always wanted to say this. Before you use any power tools, be sure to read, understand, and follow all the safety instructions that come with your power tools. And there's no more important safety rule than this to wear these, your safety glasses. Okay, see, I always wanted to say that. I'm a New Yankee Workshop fan. So, um, we just wanted to put a couple props up here and uh, because we're going to be talking about your equipment as a father today and so um, just uh, let's just raise one hand and say this together say father I thank you for your word your word is spirit and life to me I believe with all my heart that your word sown in good ground produces good fruit Father, I am good ground for your word. I'm a doer of the word, not a hearer only, and I am blessed in my deeds. I rejoice today, Father, because you sent the Holy Spirit to reveal truth to me. So I call on you today, Holy Spirit, to do your work in my life. I'll receive truth, act upon it, be changed by it, and I'll never be the same again. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You know, something that I say when I make that, uh, have you make that confession of faith with me is that I say I, I will receive it and act upon it. You see, the important thing is, now, let, let me not be misunderstood. I, I'm not meaning that you act upon it in order to please God. I mean you act upon it because you have come to understand a truth that the response to that truth is to act upon it. And when you act upon it, then uh, it does what it's supposed to do in your life. Praise God. It, it transforms and it changes your life. Uh, praise God because, um, you know, you don't, like I said, we're, we don't act upon it to in some way change God's view of us, but when we act upon it, it changes us. How many believe it is, it is a good thing, even though you are not under law but under grace, it is still a good thing to, um, to honor your father and mother? Right? Yeah. See, if we, don't, we don't do it to get God to love us. We don't do it because, you know, it, it puts us in some kind of a, 
a uh, uh, of a special place or special standing but it is just it's it's the right thing to do and that's really what grace is supposed to do grace is supposed to affect your behavior now you don't you don't uh, change your behavior to be accepted by God he's already accepted you but because you are accepted it changes your behavior praise God and so um, you know some, sometimes I say that and sometimes I, I think that you know it's important that uh, that people not understand we're not talking about a legal response to uh, you know, well, I have to do this, I have to do that in order to get God to love me, to get God to accept me, and, you know, no. He loved you, the Bible says, while you were still sinners, Christ died for you. Praise God. Praise God. And, uh, you know, we're talking today about equipment to be fathers. And, you know, the, the thought occurred to me the other day that... Uh, um, you know, I, I appreciate all the dads that are in the house this morning. Um, but it, I, I think of this every year. I think of all the dads that, you know, and, and, and that uh, the, the difference between Father's Day and Mother's Day is, uh, you know, what do you want for Mother's Day? Well, I want all my kids in church with me this morning. And then you ask dads, what do you want for Father's Day? A steak. <laughs> you know, uh, I appreciate all of the dads that have set the example and brought your families to church this morning and, and uh, brought your kids to church and show them that honoring Father God is first and foremost in importance praise God praise God to, to bring them up in, in your children in the way they should go and the Bible is you know uh, it wasn't just a a wishful thought but when they are old they will not depart from it praise God Proverbs 22 6 train up a child in the way he should go and when he is old he will not depart from it now I used to hear parents say this well the Bible says that they'll come back to it wait a minute how do you come back to something you didn't depart from you know I believe and, and I'm so glad that when my children were very very small that I got I heard someone say that and I, I latched onto that like a bulldog and uh, you know that they will not depart from it and I got to say this, that as my children were growing up, and I was by no means the perfect dad, but I will say this, that, that I, I know that, and uh, I don't know if I can even say this right this morning without teaching on the gifts of the Spirit, but... Uh, but there is the gift of faith, and the gift of faith is, is faith that works over a prolonged period of time and um, it really causes you to believe above what is a natural gift. Every gift, there is a, there is a natural level of that, but then there is a supernatural level, though it goes way beyond the natural. 
you know, there's a gift of medicine, and then there's the gift of healings. You know, there is uh, uh, there's a gift of of working of miracles, but you know, you can do some things in the natural. But then the gift of working of miracles goes beyond that. Well, the same thing with the gift of faith. We we all have faith, but then there is a faith that goes beyond that and and works over an extended period of time. And, uh, you know, I didn't even realize it until my children were grown that my wife and I had operated in the gift of faith for raising our children. You know, and why, why did I say that? Because there was never a point, never, not ever a point in my, in, in, in our up in our raising of our children, there was never a point at any time that we ever wondered, well, what if they don't serve the Lord? We just always knew they would. And I didn't realize that was a gift of faith, but it was. Now, I'll say this, uh, you know, if, if you're raising children, uh, the Bible tells us to desire spiritual gifts. It says, desire the best gift. And the best gift is the one you need at the time. And so if you're raising children, whether you're just starting to raise children or, or somewhere in that process, begin to ask God for the gift of faith to raise your children. Praise God. Because it is a, it is a faith that will work. It, you know, this is the thing. It's not because of your... It's not because of your effort. A gift of the Spirit doesn't work because of your effort. A gift of the Spirit is a supernatural endowment. Praise God. And so the gift of faith is a supernatural endowment. You know, and so begin to seek God and ask God for the gift of faith to raise your children. Praise God. And uh, so that's sermon number one today. But um, we're talking about equipment, which is the explanation for the tools on the, uh, on the stage this morning. Um, but you have a work order. Now, guys will understand. Guys who have worked in a, in a uh, uh, hands-on kind of environment, a hands-on kind of job that you do things with a work order. You know, you don't do things on your job without having an instruction to do it, uh, you know. And so, um, your work order, listen up, this, this is your work order. Genesis chapter 1, verse number 28, And God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over every living thing that moves on the earth. That's your work order. Three points on your work order. Be fruitful and multiply. Okay, if you're a father, well, you've already got that one down pretty good. Um, fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion. And we're going to talk about how to do those last two things. We don't need to talk about number one. Okay, you already got that. Uh, but you were given not only a work order, 
but you also have a blueprint. And your blueprint is the detailed instructions of how to do what's on the work order. Okay? The blueprint doesn't talk about something that's not on the work order. It only talks about what is in the work order. Praise God. You know, uh, if, if your work order is to build a house, then your blueprint is not going to contain instructions on how to build a bridge. Your blueprint is going to give you instructions on how to build the house. And God's blueprint for you is going to give you instructions on how to do the, the things that are in the work order, to have dominion and to, to uh, subdue the earth and how to bring it on you. See, God intended for this earth to serve you, not you to serve the earth. When the curse came into the world, it actually began to, to reverse, and you had to begin to serve the earth. You know, and, uh, but in reality, God intended for the earth to serve you. This is why he said, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion. Praise God. Look at this. Um, Malachi chapter 2, verse number 15 says, But did he not make them one, having a remnant of the Spirit? And why one? He seeks godly offspring. So if you're going to do what's in the work order, you need to have godly offspring, not just offspring, you know. Like I said, we already got the offspring part down. We need to have godly offspring, praise God. Have godly offspring. And then he says, therefore take heed to your spirit and let none of you deal treacherously with the wife of his youth. He's giving us some instructions right there that, hey, guys, I'll just give you a warning right now. If you're dealing treacherously with the wife of your youth, you're probably not going to have godly offspring. That's, that's what he says. He wants godly offspring. And the best thing that you can do for your children, you know, in order to, to have godly offspring, the best thing you can do is be good to their mother. You know, it, it occurred to me. Now, uh, I threw that in there, but that, that's not an indication of where I'm going this morning. But, uh, um, you know, it occurred to me that a lot of times uh, fathers, they, uh, they come to church on Father's Day, and then the pastor's message is really just a chew-out session. And so no wonder the fathers don't want to come to church on Father's Day because they're going to get griped out from the pulpit. And, uh, you know, I've purposed in my heart, I'm not going to do that. I want to be a blessing to you today. I want to give you some instruction that will help you to do what's in the blueprint. Praise God. And so th this is not going to be a chew-out session, but, uh, but that aside, you still need to treat their mother nice. All right? Praise God. Now, let's look at this. Ephesians chapter 4, this is on the blueprint, 
okay? Ephesians chapter 4, verse number 13 through 15. The, see, the blueprint is supposed to give you a mental image of what this thing is supposed to look like when it's finished, right? You know, a, a, um, to the untrained eye, you can look at a blueprint and, you know, maybe not really have a good mental image of it. But if you, uh, if you have a trained eye and know how to read blueprints, you ought to know by looking at the blueprint what this thing is supposed to look like when it's finished. What this house should look like. And so, um, in Ephesians chapter 4, we have this, this is part of the blueprint, and it tells you what this thing should look like when it's finished. Till we all come to the unity of the faith. All right, so there's, there's detail number one. There's going to be some unity of the faith. To the knowledge of of the Son of God. So, if you're gonna uh, if you're gonna come to the knowledge of the Son of God, there's gonna have to be instruction about the Son of God, right? Okay, there's gonna have to be have to be some teaching in the home by the Father. Don't leave it up to Mom, but by the Father of what uh, of the knowledge of the Son of God. That means you're gonna have to know something about the Son of God. It means you're going to have to gain some knowledge yourself so you can instruct, praise God, to a perfect man. Now, that doesn't mean perfect as in, we, as in without, without fault or, or never making a mistake. But what it means to be a, a perfect man, it means to bring them up to a place of maturity. Praise God. Bring them up to a place of maturity. Um, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Your goal is to build this house, to build this family, to build this home so that it comes to the image of Jesus. That's what we're looking for. That's what the desired end result is, is that they be brought up to look like Jesus. That's what this house is supposed to look like when it's finished. Praise God. Now, along the way, it might not look like it. It might not look like it along the way. But keep in mind, you got a blueprint here that tells you how to get there. Praise God. Tells you how to get there. How many of you have ever seen a building going up? You see the foundation poured. And you have uh, an idea in your mind of what this thing is going to look like when it's finished. You know. And then it was finished and it didn't look like what you thought it was going to look like. Anybody ever had that? You know, maybe you're driving through town and there's a, there's a building going up. There's a, there's a building over here, Albertsons, that is being built. You know. And... I see them out there doing the dirt work, and I see the, you know, and I'm thinking, okay, I think the entrance is probably going to be here, and it's going to look like this, and it's going to, you know, and I've got this mental image in my mind of what the new Albertsons building is going to look like. Well, it's not exactly like I pictured it, and it's not even finished yet. So based upon the foundation, I didn't have a clear image of what the finished building 
was going to look like. Why? Because I never saw the artist rendering, the, the architect's rendering of this building. If I had seen the architect's rendering, I would have had a better idea of what it's going to look like. And many times, you see, God has given, he, he has, uh, you know, Jesus said, upon this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. He said he's going to build the church. Many times we have seen the, we've seen the work order, but we didn't really look in detail at the the blueprints, we didn't see the architect's rendering of this thing. And so we've tried to fill in the blanks of what we think this thing is going to look like. But if we will go to the epistles that the Apostle Paul wrote, the letters that he wrote to the churches and to, to the people of God, if we would look at the epistles, the epistles give us the architect's rendering. And we can begin to see from the epistles, and many, of the, many times the church has figured out what church is supposed to look like. But we haven't, read, we haven't read the blueprints. We haven't gone to the epistles and seen what details are in the epistles as far as what the church is supposed to look like. And so many times... We've, we've seen the work order. We know we're supposed to bring up a, a godly offspring. We know we're supposed to, but, and we didn't see the part that they're supposed to be brought up to look like Jesus in the end. We didn't look at the epistles. And I encourage you, begin to read the blueprint. Begin to read the epistles. Um, it says, till we all come to the unity of the faith, to the knowledge of the Son of God, to the perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children. Yeah, they're all going to start off as children, but the, being children is not the goal. You know, you're supposed to bring them up to be adults. You know, uh, many times parents are so caught up in this idea of teaching their kids to be kids that they forget that they're only going to be kids for, you know, a short period of time. And we all know that that happens way too fast that they become adults. And they're going to spend the majority of their life as adults. So we need to teach them how to be adults. Okay. So he said that they would no longer be children. Yeah, we want them to be children when they're children. But when, we're, when they become adults, we don't want them to be children anymore. You don't want your 40-year-old acting like a 12-year-old. You know, you want them to grow up to be adults. Well, how are they going to do that? Because you're going to show them how to be adults. Praise God. Praise God. If they no longer be children, tossed to and fro, and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love. See, this is what they're supposed to come up to, speaking the truth in 
love may grow up in all things unto him who is the head, Christ. Those details are in the blueprint. Praise God. Praise God. Genesis chapter 22, verse number 18. Get this. In your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. Now, I know he's talking to Abraham there, and he was talking about his seed, which is Christ. But let's, you know, it's okay to draw other truths out of the Word of God other than the primary truth. You know, we're not denying the primary truth that is there, that he's speaking about Abraham's seed, which is Christ, but there's other truth that is contained in that, other elements of truth, and part of that is that God wants to bless others through our offspring. Praise God. He wants to bless others through our offspring. He says, in you, in your seed, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Now, let's go on. Not only do you need a blueprint, but you also need a skill set in order to do what's on the blueprint. You can look at the electrical diagrams, but if you don't know how to do electricity, you're going to burn the place down. If you don't know how to do plumbing, you're going to have a stinky mess. You know, if you don't, know, if you don't have a skill set that, that is right for the job, you're not going to get the job done. Praise God. Praise God. And so, how many of you have ever worked on a job where they had equipment, but in order to run and operate that piece of equipment, you had to get a certification to do it? Yeah. Yeah. Most, most of you guys in here, you have done that where you had to get certified on each piece of equipment that you operated. Praise God. Now, here's the thing. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse number 15 says, Study to show yourself approved. I'm reading this from the King James Version because other versions use be diligent or, you know, but I like the, that word study there. Study to show yourself approved. So in other words, prepare yourself to get your certification. Praise God. Praise God. Now, you don't just walk in on the job. You, somebody teaches you how to operate the piece of equipment, and then you are tested on that piece of equipment in order to get your certification. Praise God. So here we study and we prepare ourselves so that we can get certified to do this job, to operate this piece of equipment. And he says, study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. How do you get certified to rightly divide the word of truth? How do you get certified? You get certified by being a student of the word of God. Praise God. You get certified or prepare for your certification, I should say, 
by being a student of the Word of God. You, you become a student of the Word of God by reading your Bible. You become a student of the Word of God by, you know, I have heard so many things that, that people just take as the gospel truth that didn't come from the Bible. It came from Daddy who didn't get certified. You know, I, I mean, you've, maybe you have some of those ideas that came from daddy who didn't get certified. You know, things like God helps those who help themselves. Did you know that did not come from the Bible? But yet, there are a lot of people that think it did. You know. That, that's, uh, that's from a daddy that didn't get certified. He taught his children, God helps those who help themselves. God actually helps those who realize they can't help themselves. Uh, you know, that's, that's really what the Bible truth of the matter is. God helps those who acknowledge that they can't help themselves and they need his help. Praise God. Praise God. Then let's look at this one, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse number 4. <clears throat> and we have such trust through Christ toward God, not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think of anything as being from ourselves, but our sufficiency is from God, who also made us sufficient as ministers of the new covenant, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. Now, it says, He made us sufficient. He made us sufficient. So, our sufficiency is from Him. Our certification is from Him. He's the one that made us sufficient. He is the one who certified us, who equipped us, who prepared us to do. See, he gave you a, a work order, but he gave you the certification necessary to fulfill the work order. Praise God. Now, here we go. There is not only, the, uh, there, is, there is a skill set. Let me give you one more. Acts chapter 1, verse number 8. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. How many dads think they don't need to receive the Holy Spirit? I'm a good guy. I don't need that stuff. Oh, my goodness. You just flunked your certification test. You need the Holy Spirit. Praise God. You need, in fact, if you have not received the baptism with the Holy Spirit, today you can walk out of here having received this part of your certification. Praise God. You shall receive power you shall receive this piece of equipment and the certification on this piece of equipment when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. 
and you will be certified. Now, I added that part right there. You will become certified to be witnesses to me in your house and in your neighborhood and in your city and on your job and in your state and to the uttermost parts of the earth. Praise God. Praise God. But don't leave out your certification that comes with receiving the baptism with the Holy Spirit. Receive today. I'm going to give you an opportunity before we leave here today. And if you have not received that part of your certification, it's time to receive today. Praise God. Praise God. Then, not only do you have a blueprint, not only do you have your certifications, your um, skills necessary, but you also need to have a materials list. You need to get all the stuff that you need to get this job done. Your materials list. And here in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse number 3, it says, Nor as being lords over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. Now, he's talking to pastors there, but in your home and with your family, dads, you serve in that role. Just as I do over this church, you do in your home. Praise God. And at, at, at this church, you know, my job is not to take your place in your home. You know, I have my own home. And I have my job, which is this church. But it's your place to be as the pastor or the shepherd in your home. Praise God. Praise God. So 1 Peter Chapter 5, verse 3, it says, being examples to the flock, or in the context of what we're talking about, being examples to your children. You know, being examples, not being, a, you know, a do as I say, not as I do. You know, being examples, leading by exampleship. And then Hebrews chapter 6 Verse number 12, it says that you do not become sluggish, but imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. So you need to have pursued God and you need to have inherited some of the things that, some of the promises of God. You need to walk in some of these things, praise God. And so you can lead by exampleship. Praise God. The most powerful instruction tool that you have for your children is exampleship. Praise God. Be an example for them. And then in James chapter 1, verse number 5, he says, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. So, here is your materials list, your example, and godly wisdom. Praise God. Your example, 
how to do it, and the godly wisdom. That's the materials you need. Praise God. Praise God. Then, not only do you have a materials list, but you also have a tools needed list. You, you need to know what tools that you need in order to get this job done, in order to do the work order. You know, ever gone out on a job site and found out you had half the tools you needed? And, uh, you know, so you're always having to run back. Well, I, don't, I need this, but I don't have this. So, so here's what happens. You use a tool that wasn't designed for the job, and then you get hurt, you know, because you're using a tool for something it wasn't designed for. Or you, you just can't get the job done and you end up losing money on the job because you spend all your time running back and forth to the shop to get the tools you need because you didn't have a tools list, right? Okay, so here we go. Proverbs chapter 6, verse number 20 begins here. This is your tools list. My son, keep your father's commandment your father's command, and do not forsake the law of your mother. Bind them continually upon your heart. Tie them around your neck. When you roam, they will lead you. When you sleep, they will keep you. And when you wake, they will speak with you. For the commandment is a lamp and the law is light. Reproofs and instruction are the way of life. Praise God. He's talking about the Word of the Lord. The Word of the Lord is your primary tool that you're going to need to do the work order. Praise God. Praise God. Not, you know, not the Word of somebody else, but the Word of the Lord. Praise God. This is what God said. This is... This is what His Word tells us. This is how we do it. Why do we do it this way, Daddy? Because God's Word says this is how we do it. Why, why do we believe that, Daddy? Because God's Word says that's what we believe. Praise God. Praise God. Then, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse number 6. says, And there are diversities of activities... But it is the same Spirit who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given a word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues, but one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as He wills. Praise God. And I will say this, if He said He wills, then He is willing. Praise God. Praise God. He want, in fact, the Apostle Paul told us to desire the best gifts. Well, if someone needs healing, if your child needs healing, which is the best gift? 
you know, you're going to give them a word of prophecy? No, the best gift is gifts of healing. Praise God. And so, you know, desiring the best gift, the gift that's needed at the time. There may be times when you need a word of knowledge. You know, there may be times when you need working of miracles. There may be times when you need all kinds of different giftings. And he said, desire the best gifts. He wouldn't tell you to desire that if he wasn't willing to give you the gift that was needed at the time. Praise God. And so, uh, you know, if you need a screwdriver, then he wants to give you a screwdriver. If you need uh, a hammer, don't use the handle of the screwdriver as your hammer. Get a hammer. Praise God. Praise God. This is your tools list. the author only to have children but you have the authorization to bring children up in the way of the Lord you have the authorization from God you let me just say this you don't need the government's authorization now I need to say that one real loud because government wants to tell you how to raise your children and they, they want you to follow their instructions. You don't need the government's authorization. You have God Almighty's authorization. You have a work order from the Lord himself of what to do, and you don't need any man's government to tell you you can do it. They, you don't need to send it to them for a permit. Just go ahead and do what God told you to do on the work order, on the permit that he gave you. Praise God. Just do what he said. Praise God. Praise God. And it doesn't matter if the government says don't, you still do it. Praise God. Praise God. Now, we've given you the work order, the blueprint, the material, the certification, the materials list, the tools list. You've got everything you need to, to bring up children. You've got everything that you need, praise God. Now, uh, I know that, I know some parents are fearful about bringing up children in this generation, in this, in this day and time, in this culture, in this environment. But you, let me give you a word from the Lord. He said many, many times, you can find it over and over and over again in the Bible, fear not. Fear not. I give you a word from the Lord right now, fear not. Praise God. Because you are adequately Equipped, He said he wants a godly seed, a godly offspring from you. Praise God. And he wouldn't tell you that if he didn't give you the 
what's necessary to achieve that. Praise God. Praise God. So right now, first and foremost, if you're going to lead by example, if you have never received Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, I want to lead you in a prayer to receive Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. And right after that, if you have... If you have received Jesus, whether you receive it right now or whether you have received Jesus as your Savior 50 years ago, but you have never received the baptism with the Holy Spirit, I told you I was going to give you an opportunity to do that. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to, we're going to pray the prayer to receive Jesus, and everybody's going to pray with me. And then if you mean that, if you believe what you're saying, then according to God's Word, you will be saved. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. And instantly upon being saved, you become eligible to receive the baptism with the Holy Spirit. So we're going to go right on into that, and we're going we're to also, Jesus said, Everyone who asks receives. Everyone who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, the door will be open. So, we're going to pray. We're going to ask for what Jesus called the promise of the Father. And when we ask, we're going to ask expecting to receive. And you will receive. Praise God. And once again, it's all about you know, do you believe what you're saying? If you do, you will receive. Praise God. When you receive, and we say amen at the end of that prayer, I want you to begin to speak the words that are coming up on the inside of you. They're going to be a language that you haven't learned, and it's going to be a language that is from God. Praise God. And so begin to speak that out. And the Bible says that you will be praying, speaking divine mysteries. You will be praying beyond your intellect. You will be giving thanks well. You will be building yourself up on your most holy faith. Praise God. So are we ready? Praise God. Anybody ready? All right. The God in heaven, I thank you that you sent your son Jesus to die on a cross for me. And he went there and paid for all of my sin. And then he rose again from the dead so that I could have new life. Today I choose Jesus to be my Lord and my Savior. Thank you, Jesus, for paying for my sins. I receive you now as my Savior. I receive the eternal life that you're offering. Thank you, Jesus. Father, thank you for sending Jesus. Amen. Now, you are saved. Now, let's receive the promise of the Father. Say, Father, Jesus said that you have a gift for me. And I, he said if I would ask for it, I would receive. So I ask you right now for your promise, for the gift of the Holy Spirit. And I receive my gift 
right now in the name of Jesus. Amen. Now begin to speak out loud enough so you can hear yourself the words that are coming up on the inside of you. There'll be a language you haven't learned before, but trust that it's of God because the Word of God says it is. Praise God. So trust that and begin to speak that out right now in the name of Jesus. And then from today on, every day of your life, begin to speak in an unknown tongue. Praise God. It will be powerful for your life. Praise God. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Now, if you receive Jesus as your Savior, you prayed that prayer for the very first time, maybe you're in this room, maybe you're watching online. If you're in this room, on the back of the blue card, or on the blue card, there is a box that says, I choose Jesus. Check that box. Give that card to us. You can leave it right there in your seat and we'll pick it up. Praise God. If you're online, you can respond to this video. There's a place that says, I choose Jesus. And this, for, for anyone today, I have a little uh, online book. It's called, I Choose Jesus. And you can download that through iTunes. Um, there's an iBook or through the Android uh, App Store, uh, or not App Store, but uh, uh, you, you can you can get it in Kindle format is what I'm trying to say. Get it in either Kindle format or iBooks format. It's called I Choose Jesus. Download that free of charge, and uh, that will help you. It's designed to help you get started following Jesus, to know what's happened to you. Praise God. So, so do that. Praise God. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for being here today. We are so blessed to have spent this morning with you. Praise God. Thank you once again for joining us today online. We value you and we want to hear from you. If you made a decision for Christ today, you can select I Choose Jesus on our website. And we've got a couple videos for you to watch so that you can get started on your walk with God. We've also got a free ebook that you can download right from our website called I Choose Jesus. And I want to encourage you to do that. Once again, thank you for joining us. And remember that God is madly in love 